Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Bibles. Today we're going to continue and end our series on believe, become, and build. And we exist that anyone can believe in God, that they could become like Jesus and build together. I want to begin to compare today two stories. One that is found in the book of Genesis, Genesis 11. And it's the last event before the narrative in the Bible takes a major shift. And I'll speak about that in a moment. Then we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. So today, I would like to begin to do a comparison between Babel and Pentecost. And really, the world that we're living in, we must become more aware of the Holy Spirit and how he builds our lives and the pattern in which he builds our lives and the way the world builds. And there is a pattern that's ancient that goes really to the early world of what mankind after the fall wanted to do. But I believe that we're going to have an awakening in really our upper room in this church more than Sunday, more than 8 a.m. I mean, this is close. Can you believe you got to the 8.30 service? How many cups of coffee did it take? And so, but I believe Thursday nights is probably the most important time of the church as the world progresses, or we should say regress. I want to just stop and say, uh, I was born in 1960, and I have memory and recollection the day JFK was assassinated, Martin Luther King, a man putting his foot on the moon. Uh, we used to watch cartoons like the Jetsons, and now Teslas look and sound like those cars. And uh, there's a lot of world events, but I would say in the last four years, I'm utterly shocked at the speed that the United States of America seems to be regressing and really casting aside all common sense. And it really seems that it may be apocalyptic times in the end of times, but it's not the first time that the world is reeling and shaking over such a hostile takeover. When you begin to open your Bibles, it has major events. The first two chapters of Genesis, which is the book of beginnings, is creation and it's God's way and story of creation. Then in chapter three, we have the fall of man and it's where everything begins to regress. Then in chapter six, there is a global flood, but yet God said, I will not flood the earth again and gave us a sign of the rainbow. Then we begin to see violence. We begin to see how humanity acts in a fallen nature without God. 
Then in chapter 11, it begins to show the Tower of Babel and how men begin to purpose and they have a conformity. And it's the first time we begin to get a glimpse of a global government or a one world rule. One of the things, if you've ever thought, what are we building here at the city church? We're building what God put into the fabric of humanity And we're not building according to our own pattern. Many churches want to build much like the world builds a corporation. But the Bible says unless the Lord builds the house, we're going to begin to labor in vain. I want you to write these four things down. We see that in the book of Genesis, number one, there is a divine institution that should never be taken away. And that is free will. And I know because of sin, our wills are tainted and doesn't seem that we have a free choice, but we all have a choice to respond to God or reject God. And and the enemy comes in and you can see he's trying to take our will away. Can I say we have a right to think, a right to speak, a right to choose how we believe. God has given us that God-given right to worship the way we want to worship, to live the way we want to live. And God has given that to every human being. The next institution, you said, well, what are we building here at the church? Well, we're building people. And, and when we build them, we want to build where their will is liberated and they choose God and they experience abundant life. Number two, we believe in marriage. It is a divine institution and it's still under attack. But guess what? Yesterday, Bob and Rosetta Hope were married on the beach. And I'm telling you, it was beautiful. That institution will never be taken away. And City Church builds good marriages. If you're single, you're in the right church because you can meet a right person to have a right marriage. Amen. If you don't want to marry a devil, then don't go to a club. Come to church. Amen. The next institution, not only our choice, not only marriage, but family. We are here to build family. And you say, why? Because it's the family that is the nucleus, not only of this church, this city, our state, our nation, and uh, our world. What I see that's happening in the big cities, you could see the breakdown of a nu- the nuclear family, not here at City Church. We build our families. That's why we have city Christians, city kids, city youth collective. We have date night. We have marketplace. We have groups. Why? We are into the family. We are not going to be a Babel church because if we're a Babel church, then we will not be able to overcome Babylon. We are a Pentecost church where we have a sincere unity, not a forced conformity. Are you with me on that? And so we were created to build. I want you to say that with me. We were created to build. Say it again. We were created to build. 
And we have to decide, are we going to be a Babel type of church, meaning we're going to build the way the world builds, enforce conformity and use people, or we're going to build the way God builds in Pentecost, where God uses us and he builds us, and the world comes and they know the Lord and the Savior. Can you say amen? And again, uh, there's four institutions, but I've only given you three. So the first one is free will. The next one is marriage. The next one is family. But the last one is nations. And, And we have to begin to see why would God do what he did in Genesis 11. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 11. And we're going to begin to read the first nine verses. It says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. That is modern day Iraq, ancient Babylon. And they dwelt there. And they said to one another, get this, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. This sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28 where God said, come let us make man in our image and our likeness. So that's where we get the thought we were created to build. So it says, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and they had asphalt for martyr. And they said, come let us build, get this, uh, uh, for ourselves uh, a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. So you see Babel's way is they build it for themselves by themselves for their own glory. But the Lord came down. Say that with me. But Can I say in these days, I have been praying. It seems like we're being forced into a global way of thinking. But I believe the Lord has come down in a sovereign way and is coming down in the power of Pentecost to really resurrect the church to be light and salt in the end of time. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they have all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. Why? That they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from from there over the face of all the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, the name of the place is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. A phrase is going to come up, and I want you to say it with me on the screen. A Babel church builds by itself and for itself. Let's say that again. A Babel church builds by itself and for itself. Let's do it again. A 
I'd like to say it this way. A Babel thought or a Babel person builds for itself. Do you get that? And by itself, by itself and for itself. Uh, I've had the privilege of traveling probably close to 60 nations, six continents. And one time I was coming back from Asia. And so we're in the middle over the Pacific Ocean. And I had a window seat and you could see the moon just glistening on the ocean. And in my mind, I was just talking to the Lord. And I said, Lord, really? Why oceans? Why seas? Why did you divide the earth? Because you could see that the earth at one point was that it was united. Then it divided. Why, Lord? And it came to me, not only in Genesis did God give us free will or a choice through grace, that he gave us marriage, he gave us family, but he gave us nations. And the reason he gave us nations, because individuals, nations should, they don't always, should protect individual people. And this is a story of a guy named Nimrod, who the Bible says in Genesis was a mighty warrior before the Lord. You would, it almost sounds that God had gifted him, which God did, but in the Hebrew, it's not a mighty warrior before the Lord. It is a mighty warrior in opposition of the Lord. In any time an individual or a person or a group of people begin to build for themselves, by themselves, to make a name for themselves, this is the first glimpse that we get of a one world government. Then you hear of Egypt, then Alexander the Great, then the Romans and the Caesars or Napoleon. And we begin to look today wherever there is forced conformity. The government trying to tell the people, you only can say this and you can only live this way and you cannot buy this type of car and you can't buy this type of washing machine. And they begin to control. You can begin to see it's going to be the ultimate global uh, government. And the uh, Bible says that there are many antichrists. And what is antichrist? Anti Holy Spirit, anti-Pentecost, anti-church. And as the world gets darker, I believe the church is going to get more salty and more light. And we are going to be the city set on a hill. And our unity will not be forced, but we're going to have a diversity amongst the unity. And even what was the United States Constitution based on? It was never based on Babel. It was never based on one dictator trying to tell people what to do and how to worship. Our nation is based on a religious freedom that men and women have a choice to bow their knee to whoever they want to bow their knee to. And I believe Pentecost is here and it's coming stronger for the days ahead that we would have an awareness and I want to say an awakening in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And I don't know about you, but lately, like through the summer, during COVID, I didn't want to say anything. Frankly, I felt muzzled. It was like, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. 
People are trying to say the proper pronoun. I, I can't even talk anymore with such a woke filter. I have come to my senses and thought one thing is clear. I don't think that this generation wants us to be just relevant anymore. I think they're looking for something ancient and proven and tested. I want Pentecost more than I want the approval of people. Can you say amen? And, and I don't want to be burnt. This church isn't here to use people. How many of you ever felt used by someone? And it's funny, I felt used by the church at times. I said, Lord, I feel used. I feel like a burnt brick. I'm supposed to be a lively stone. He said, Jude, you asked me to use you, so I am using you. Are you with me? And so we are a Pentecost people. Can you say amen? Go with me now to Acts chapter 2. And I want you to uh, read with me Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4 and 7 to 11. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were, in, they were all with one accord. That means God loves Hondas. That's so dumb. He definitely does not like Teslas. Because I don't. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. I want you to really get this. In one place. It is going to be required, whether online or in this room, that we come and worship. And we make worship a priority. There was 120 in the upper room. But yet Jesus had over 700 followers and over 4,000, 5,000 when he multiplied the fish and the bread. Why only 120? I wonder what happened when the other hundreds to thousand heard that great sound. 120 in an upper room. Thursday nights is going to be our upper room to usher in and perpetuate Pentecost. Can you say amen? And suddenly, and can I say, when we have a unity, God will give us a suddenly. And you see, did you get that one? That could be repeated. When we have a unity, give God a unity, he will give us a suddenly. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then they were all amazed and marveled. This is with verse 7, saying to one another, Look, are not all those who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear, please get this, we hear each in our own language in which we were born. This is the first time that a group of people have a multiplicity of languages that they understand one another. God does not want to rule any nation monolithically, meaning we have to come into conformity. We're not China. 
We are the United States of America. And the founding fathers and mothers came here to establish religious freedom. And what is under attack these days? Our freedom to worship God the way we want to worship God, the way we were created to worship God. Can you say amen? And listen to this, and I, and I love this. How is it that we hear them each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and uh, Iliamites. Those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia. Pontus in Asia. I like saying these places. Phrygia and Pamphylia, which seems like a disease. Egypt. <laughs> In parts of Libya, adjoining uh, Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabs, we hear them, get this, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Everyone say amen. Now put this up there. I want you to repeat with me. A Pentecost church builds with God and for God. Let's say that. A I want us to begin to say, well, how can that be? Number one, I have to say during the summer, I, I've gotten born again again. I have had a fresh Pentecostal experience. And I'm not speaking just about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm not just speaking of discernment, miracles, healing, or speaking in tongues, although I believe in all that, then some, and a can of miracles, okay? I believe in that. But what's been happening with me, the Spirit of God has been moving. And I believe that the Babylon that I allowed to get into my mind in the Tower of Babel literally means confusion. And there is a spirit of confusion that has come upon our children our young people and is trying to come upon us and that's why I believe it is absolutely necessary that we, the City Church, California, begin to give ourselves to the B-I-B-L-E and one of the things that I've committed because you know in the age of grace we almost think there's no morality. And I felt like the Lord impressed upon me the Ten Commandments the past two weeks. He said, I wrote those commands. He said that Decalogue came from my theophany, my manifested presence. Those words were not just man-made. They were God-made. And the first commandment is, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God with all your might, with all your will, with all your heart, with all your strength. And so you know what I thought? I thought, Lord, by the scriptures, by the spirit, by the very sacraments, I want you to fortify my will. You gave me this will. I want to use this will to glorify God. I do not want my will to build my own life. I want my will to build the kingdom of God in the local church. And I think we have to say, what gift did God give us? 
What gift did God give you and how are you using it to build? Are you using your gift where it looks like the Lord gave me this gift? That's why they say Nimrod, a mighty warrior before the Lord. Meaning God gave him the gift of strength, but he used that gift to build his own vision without including God and became in opposition to God. I want to give my will to God. Can you say amen? I want to yield my will to God. He gave me my will. I want to give him my will. Now, I want to just address something. I don't want to yield my will to chemicals. I do not want to yield my will to the thoughts of men and women coming over the television and podcasting. I do not want to give my will over to another. There's only one who should sit on the throne of my will, and that is Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. And can I say, if our preaching and our worship and our groups do not set you free, then go get another group of people because we are in the liberating business. Amen. The next one, and I I could say from the sabbatical onward to this day, it's now a year, 13 months. And each night it seems, Becky and I talk, We are so grateful for our marriage. And let me tell you something. Marriage isn't always easy, young people. And that's where Disney has it wrong. And that's where the movies have it wrong. Even when you're in love, you have to work at your marriage. Now, I know you young people hate that word work. You want to be an influencer and sleep all day and take three selfies. By the way, work was not a part of this curse. Jesus said, before the fall, you will work six days, rest one. Some influencers want to rest six and work one. You're going to have to work on your marriage. You say, well, I'm single. Well, then work on you. Because you're going to probably marry someone just like you. And if you don't like you, you're not going to like the person you marry. Everyone say marriage. And we are for marriage. The next one is family. Can I say, I I really, yesterday was a great day for me. First time in 13 years, I went to the YMCA. Why? Because Rio had a basketball game. yesterday his dad was on one of those teams it was a boys and girls club in Bellevue oh you should have seen my Jake he dribbled he shot he passed you'd have thought he was seven feet tall he didn't know he was the shortest kid on the team (laughs) so yesterday I'm on a bench Rio got hit in the face with the ball, so it upset him. So I brought some of those Swedish fish. I said, here, I said, Rio, no crying. I said, you're the leader. This team needs you. I want to say that to all of you. This church needs you. We need you not to be a tender or a spectator. This isn't college football. It's a church. 
And we're a Pentecost church. Meaning, we're building for God, with God, through God. What am I building? I want my will to be strengthened. To make godly choices. My marriage. And through my marriage, my family. My family. And so, it may not all happen in my lifetime. But it will happen in my lifeline. And so, yesterday, I was just passing that on. Quincy came. He was sitting right by me at the bench. He goes, I don't like basketball. I said, then you're going to play soccer. He goes, I'm not playing anything. I said, yes, you are, because you need to learn the the values of being on a team. He goes, I'm going to be a Ninja Turtle. I go, no, you're going to be a soccer player. Who does that sound like? His dad. How many of you know parenting is not easy? Do not have children. If you're a slacker. Do not have children if you're selfish. Because it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. Amen? That's why we should strengthen single parents in this church. That's why we should go alongside them and help them and aid them and strengthen them. That's why the men of the church should literally rally around every single young adult that has a child. We believe in family. Shout it out. I believe in family. And last one, I believe in nation. I believe in my nation. First time I was in Europe over six months. Lord, when I landed in JFK, I wanted to kiss the ground. I was born in this nation. Maybe you migrated, but this is the nation God has put us in. We must begin to pray for this nation. We must begin to pray for this nation. And I evaluate any state that's ruled only by one party. Why does it feel like Genesis 11? Why are we being forced to speak the way they speak? Can I say... We must bow our knees and begin to pray that God would come down and he would begin to tell the story of Abraham. You know what God did? He not only scattered and divided and confused, he then began with one old man and his name is Abraham who was good as dead. Well, I'm not as old as Abraham and I'm not as good as dead, but I am a son of Abraham and I have faith for California. Can you say amen? Let's stand up. I cannot believe it. I obeyed this clock, Pastor Steve. (laughs) A miracle. Put your hands like this. I don't know. Maybe we should. No, don't make a fist. Say this with me. I am a builder. I will build the church God's way for God I will use my gifts my energy my money for God to build the church now let me begin to pronounce this over God our wills where they've been tangled fractured 
out of control. God, I come and I ask now, be all the while, effectually at work in us, energize us, creating us the will, the power, and the desire to obey you. Father, I pray right now for marriages. I pray our marriages are strong anoint families, anoint our singles. God, that they're going to live right to marry right. Father, we pray for families. Will you begin to do that with me? Take 30 seconds under your breath. Begin to pray for families. God, I thank you. Our families pray together. They stay together. Our families are strong. They are a priority to us. God, I speak a blessing over every family in the City Church, California. Now, let's take 10 seconds. Let's begin to pray for these United States of America. God, I pray our nation would have a revival once again. Lord, we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in the United States of America. God, we pray for California. Come on, give that five seconds. From Sacramento to San Diego, from LA to Ventura to Fillmore to Santa Clarita, outpouring in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed, I want to ask this. You never, your, your entire life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, everything. The enemy believes, but the way we become is we, we respond in faith. We confess with our mouth, he is Lord of our lives, and we are changed forever. We become children of God. I'm a count to three. If you need to give your entire heart, you need to trust the Lord with all of your life, you're going to raise your hand on the count of three. One, you're saying, I'm giving Jesus my entire life. Two, you're yielding to him. Three, right now, just raise your hand if that's you. This 8 a.m. One over there. Thank you, ma'am. That's good. Will you pray with me? Say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be number one. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you consider Thursday nights a priority? I, without being melodramatic, I tremble what I'm seeing in our world. I think we need to bring back the Ten Commandments. In the day in preaching of grace, you would think they're evil. I've been thinking about those ten statements came from the greatest manifestation of God. It's called a theophany. God appeared and those words came from his being. I think we need to revisit them. Amen. America needs a new morality and it will begin in the church. The church will be a holy church. Amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com and click give. Thanks again. And we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.